Hi everyone. So, as we weren't able to perform in the theatre anymore due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the episodes from now on were recorded online and streamed. You can catch us every other Friday live at 8pm British time on the Bristol Improv Theatre's Twitch channel. The episodes will also be available on the Bitch YouTube channel a few days after the live shows. To find us, just search for the Bristol Improv Theatre, that's Bristol, B-R-I-S-T-O-L, in either Twitch or YouTube. You're listening to Santa Sand Combat Part 2. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Tales of Adventure podcast. We follow the amusing and often absurd adventures of Bagsy Badley, Trim Toscobble, the Reverend Hatchet, and Jeffrey Banjo, as they haphazardly muddle their way through a world full of magic, mystery, and mischief. Greetings, travelers, and welcome back to part two of episode one of season 12 of Tales of Adventure, sand-to-sand combat, and indeed, the sand-to-sand combat itself, so tantalizingly promised in the title, was about to begin. Our heroes at the Oasis of Madness have been approached and pounced on by a a pack of five-legged, two-headed lion creature wheel things. A brief digression. Some of you may be familiar with the old-school Dungeons & Dragons monster, the Roving Mauler, which is two lion heads on either side of what can only be described as a wheel of five lion legs. They roll around the desert looking for things to eat with their two mouths. Don't ask me where the food goes once it's inside them. Out the other mouth. I have... How do they... Do they have to, like, fall onto something to eat it? Because if they're just, like, a wheel, you know, rotating with a face on the side... How would how they... So my understanding is that they attack mostly by rolling over things. Okay. And that once, once they've got something dead, what they'll do is that they'll kind of like roll on top of it and then kind of like crank it up so that the other lions can then roll along the side and chow down. Oh, I like it that they work together. Pack. That's nice. Yeah, they're very, they're very communal and cooperative. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a pride. Maybe they have a collective noun, but like... I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't think it'll be somebody. A... Somebody in the Twitch chat is uh, a person of great education uh, oh. because they recognise that they're actually uh, based on demons from a 17th century demonic grimoire, the Ars Goetia, which is absolutely true. They are based on a demon from that book uh, because back in the day, Dungeons and Dragons used to literally lift things from uh, arcane textbooks from the past. And who knows why, in the 1980s, people thought that it was a demonic game. (laughs) But these things are out for blood. They roll rapidly down the dune towards you in the little dip that contains the Oasis of Madness. And they're upon you and your 24, I guess, followers now? Before you can react, because you all rolled pretty bad for uh, initiative. Oh, no. Ah. They roll through the gathered group of people like five, like five-legged, two-headed, weird lion wrecking balls. 
scattering people to left and right. Six uh, of your followers are engaged in one-on-one combat. A strange, fat, gnome-looking creature is tackled by one of them, and bloody shreds are ripped from his cute, adorable outfit. He falls to the ground and doesn't get back up again. Johnny Badman is wrestling with one of these rolling things. Two creepy-looking twins that you hadn't been introduced to yet nimbly dodge out of the way without actually seeming to move. They kind of, like, glide on the sands, and they give a creepy laugh. Hmm. Uh, and uh, Nohen Anayan, the atheist cleric, actually mutters some kind of a prayer or spell and she glows with a holy light and the creature swerves at the last minute to avoid her. It swerves and it rolls directly at you, Jeffrey Banjo. What are you doing as this lion wheel rolls towards you at about 40 miles now? Um <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to cast Bigby's hand and try and just trip it up. You're going to try and trip it up? Yeah, because I reckon like if it stops rolling, it just falls on. It's going to be like a tortoise. No, Jeffrey, why don't you use Bigby's hand to pick it up and put it in the pool and drown it? It will either drown or go mad. Well, yeah, well, that's a good point. How big are they? Would it be able to do that? Uh, So imagine the size of a lion. Yeah. Uh, oh. Except on top of that lion, there's a leg sticking straight up. Cool. Oh, so are two lion legs high. One lion leg from the ground to where the heads are, and then one lion leg from the top of the heads up. Yeah, I'm going to cast Bigby's hand. So you see this this spectral um, purple hand come out of the air, and you're going to try and pick it up and stop it from rolling, and then plop it in the uh, in the oasis of madness. John the Octopus could beat it up. Yeah, John the Octopus can have a go. So you managed to interpose Bigby's famous interposing hand and the roving mauler rolls straight up the slope of the hand and catches some sick air as it soars over the oasis and then lands right in the middle of it with an almighty splash. And immediately, immediately its eyes flick open. You notice, by the way, that as it was rolling it had its eyes closed you think that probably logically speaking that the reason that it has its eyes closed was because it's the legs don't rotate freely around the head as it rolls the heads also rotate Uh, to stop themselves from getting really really dizzy they have to keep their eyes closed when they're rolling anyway its eyes flick open as it lands in the water and there's no real way for you to be sure about this, but you're pretty sure that the look that's come into its eyes is pure, and I want to make it clear that this is an audience suggestion, is pure chocolate lusts. <laughs> okay. I hope nobody has any chocolate on them. Uh, Jeffrey has done magnificently. Reverend Hatchet, in the water, you can see that John the Octopus thinking as he is that he is covered in ants, is incensed by the appearance of what he can only, I guess, perceive as a furry, shitty octopus that can't swim very well. And immediately starts beating it up. He's a good boy. 
Easy goodbye. Yeah, Tentacles are flying and fur launches itself into the air as it's suckered right off of the poor lion's face. Oh, he scored a critical hit. Uh, John the Octopus murders the lion thing pretty horribly. Uh, uh, around that? you, uh, the caravan of nets of strange people is in complete disarray. There's people running in every which direction. Strange little creepy twins crawling across the ground. People casting spells. A gigantic elephant-headed monk flipping over people's heads and screeching key eyes. What are you doing? It's chaos. And all the time the, the lines are like swoosh, 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 like zooming through. The lines will zoom through, stop when they realise they've not hit, hit anyone, open their eyes, whiz round, and then zoom back through. Okay. In fact, in, uh, there's one coming for you right now. I'm going to cast Entangle. See yeah. if I can slow these bastards down. Get some graspy vines to like... All of the roving maulers have to make strength saving checks. That's right, you little wheelie-roly bastards. <laughs> you manage to catch four of them in a patch of vines that sprouts up implausibly out of the desert sands. Each of them, once one of their legs has been caught as they roll along, immediately wrenches to a halt and tumbles to the ground in what can only be described as an incredibly awful-looking tangle of lion legs. They start to mule pitifully as they can't manage to get themselves up from the ground. However, you didn't manage to entangle the one that was rolling towards you, and... It hits you as it rolls directly up and over your tiny body. Oh, my little face. And you take 21 damage as its claws, as it kind of claws its way up and over you and rolls onwards. At least it rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls. Got 66 hit points left. Trim Toss Cobble. Um, what's happening to me? Where, who is it? You are not in the middle of anything too much, but Ms. Dustball III has kind of like rolled cautiously round to hide behind you. I don't know why, because you're not very imposing. There's the least of you compared to everyone else to hide behind. And yet, she seems to trust you as a fellow person with the voice of an adorable old lady. <laughs> well, we have that in common. I, I will let her believe that. Well... I suppose if we're not trim, that far... Trim, save me, save me. Stacking shells with biscuits is not a useful skill in combat. How big is Mrs. Dustball the third? About yay big. Okay, just like, just like, it fits in your hand. Kind fits of. in your pocket. Fits in your pocket. Okay, I'll, I'm going to pop um, Mrs. Dustball the third in my pocket. It's Miss. I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I'm... Oh, uh, I, Ms. Ms. I, I miswrote that. That's entirely my fault. Um, well, from a distance, um, I suppose we could just hide. I feel like sometimes hiding is underrated. Uh, I really do. So I think climbing a little tree and then do a little arrow from a distance as well would that work uh, as a so you to be able to shoot an arrow from a distance and then stay hidden you would need a specific feat but you can certainly hide up a tree and start shooting things that's easy yeah, no, no okay problem. i'm gonna give that a go gonna give that a go right me and Ms. So you, 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 the third. yeah you probably want to shoot first and then 
hides, if that makes sense. Really? Rather than being like hidden in the bushes? I suppose they'll see where I am then, won't they? Okay. <laughs> yes. When they it's, open yeah, their it's... eyes, but their eyes are closed a lot. Yeah, you've got like a 50-50 chance the whether they're upside down. What's going on? Yes. So either way, you did, you did miss. Oh. <laughs> Fair. They're going, they're going pretty fast. Uh, actually, uh, I, think, your... I think you're fine. She did miss. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> anyway, your arrow flies wild and shoots over the heads of uh, the crowd of completely panicking audience-created NPCs. Uh, however, uh, with a hide bonus of something ludicrous, if I recall correctly, yeah, you, you, your stealth bonus is 10, so you manage to hide up the tree, no problem. You climb right. up the tree, and it's the only piece of cover for miles, and it's a palm tree, so it's not like there's dense foliage, you're just like yeah. on top of it, and yet yeah, yeah. nobody knows where you are. Okay, great. Uh, Bagsy, mm -hmm. uh, you and Pleasure are still behind a tree. Uh, there's a couple of the uh, lion wheel things about to make an approach and, and uh, run over the pair of you. What are you doing? Uh, I would like to run towards them because I think that's surprising. And I would like to get out my maul and use Divine Smite level two spell to hit it into the water. Like I'm playing baseball, basically. Smack it into the water. Bosh. Uh, as you uh, get out your maul and uh, begin to run, Pleasure uh, pulls a rapier from a sheath at her hip and turns round and smacks you on the ass. And you suddenly feel slightly more inspired and you gain a oh. d10 bardic inspiration die. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'd like to point out that Jeffrey Banjo, I think, has never actually used that feature of the bard's class. No, no. Smacking ass. He has not. I mean, you say that as though smacking ass is not generally considered to be a feature of the bath class. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, one. most most baths do get a little bit of ass. It's just you, Jeffrey, that doesn't. Well, uh, all baths, basically. <laughs> well, uh, you swing your mighty maw once, twice, and you can feel the inspiration from that butt slap guiding your blows to the correct target because they both hit. <laughs> you do. Uh, what level smite would you like to do? F two, please. Level two. And do you want to do it for each hit or just for one? Oh, let's do it for each hit. Why not? <laughs> Stress, get an extra line up. Uh, for anybody uh, in the audience who likes math, which I'm assuming for a D&D &D crowd is probably statistically quite a lot higher than the average number of people in any given audience who like maths, uh, Bagsy here is using uh, two level two smite slots <laughs> on a creature with 30 hit points. Oh, I don't know uh, how many hit points they have, though. <laughs> uh, which means that it's going to rain this... blood. No, well, not not quite. It means that this thing is going to take 4d6 plus 8d8 plus 10 damage. Uh, which is... Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's a hell of a lot. So it's dead. 
I'm going to guess that. What does kind of soup is it? No, does it explode like a firework? Um, like a, like a does it explode and all the legs go like Tell us what happened. Maybe yeah, that's how then. Catherine wheels are invented. We, yeah, yeah. we actually think about it and be like, Ooh, that would make an awesome firework. Yeah, the yeah. blood spurting out the end of the legs. Like, yeah. Oh. Uh, so you do 63 damage to a creature <laughs> with only 30 hit points. Uh, Bagsy, would you please describe oh. how brutally <laughs> you kill this thing? Um, there is nobody in out of the 24 people, the 28 of us, plus the other ones that, that is now not covered in some form of guts or face or fur. Like it has literally exploded um, like like just, just like a water balloon that pops just like everyone has got something um, that should be on the inside on the outside right now. Cat paste, as, <laughs> as Graham has delightfully oh, put it. And I want to be specific, a lot of it somehow managed to get in Jeffrey's mouth. Ah, ah. <laughs> clumps, clumps uh, of fur, <laughs> clumps of blood. Oh. Jeffrey, oh, it's your I turn now. <laughs> Four of these things have been tied down by vines by Reverend Hatchet's spell. Uh, one of them has been uh, beaten to death by John the Octopus as it tried desperately to find some chocolates to fuck. Uh, and one of them has just been literally exploded by Bagsy after a, a, a motivating butt pat. Uh, there's one of them left that is not tied down to the grounds. You've also got some cat paint, or I guess you could call it cate in your Yay. mouth, like cat pate. Mm. Uh, in your mouth. Okay. Well, I'm gonna just. Well, I'm gonna spit the cate out. But also, an idea for a future. Uh, and uh, bit, well, Bigby's hand stays up, doesn't it? It's Bigby's hand does stay up. You you can concentrate on that. Um, there are. Do you know what? It's it's something that has always bugged me about the concentration rules in Dungeons and Dragons is that there's no rule that forces you to make a concentration check for like distracting things happening. Because right. there are a lot of things that are really yeah. distracting that happen in Dungeons and Dragons. Like you have to make concentration checks, say if you stub your toe and take one HP damage, but you don't have to make the concentration check like if a demon jumps out of a hell portal and says, I'm gonna kill you and eat your souls. Which is pretty, you know. Yeah. Or if a five legged, two headed lion explodes in front of you. Into your mouth. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, Bigby's hand is still up. Okay, well, I'm gonna, um, I'm, I'm just gonna try and do a similar thing. Actually, what I want to do is um, get Bigby's hand to grab the lion that's not like entangled and stuff, and to try and to get it so that its legs are sort of compressed a little bit, and then like do a sort of a baseball pitcher movement. Um, ready to throw it at Bagsy, who I'm hoping is gonna, with her maul, is gonna whack it and send it into the right. into the sand dunes. That is probably doable. Yeah, I'm gonna sort of alley you. Have to roll pretty well. Do you want to inspire me, Jeffrey? 
Can you? Yeah, I'm gonna inspire you. How are you gonna? What are you gonna say to me to inspire me? <clears throat> um, I'm. <laughs> I say, uh, thanks for the cate. <laughs> Is that inspiring? Um, well, I'm gonna sort of do that and just be like, actually, I could have more of that. Well, there might be some coming right up. <laughs> uh, so Jeffrey does indeed grab one of the roving maulers as it rolls down the hill towards the group of scattered people once more and serves it like a, a, a baseball or a cricket ball, depending mm -hmm. on your national sport preference, straight up towards Bagsy Badley, who is indeed inspired. You're getting some sass in the comments, by the way. <laughs> I, I haven't seen this. What does someone say? Uh, I'm going to deviate from the normal turn order here because I think it's more interesting to directly go to Bagsy uh, hitting this thing than it is to say that the thing is just hanging in the air for two turns. Whilst <laughs> I, went, I, I, I wondered if you'd do that. <laughs> uh, Bagsy, Jeffrey has served you up a, a five-legged lion wheel thing perfectly. What are you doing? And do you say anything funny as you hit it? Um, just assuming you're hitting it. Yeah, so I'm going to use my maul again. I'll use Divine Smite, but a level one this time. I'll turn it down a little bit. And I say, catter up, like batter up, but cats. Catter up. Clear. Clear. You know what? That is, I just, I appreciate the effort that was made there. I will give you advantage for having said <laughs> catter up. <laughs> that is a magnificent hit. And... That's another one hit kill. This time it was 36 damage, so it's not quite as drastic. Yeah. But with an incredible meaty swing of your maul, the roving mauler. Whoa. So you know how it's got two cat faces on one side? Well, the cat face on the side that you hit is now uh, an innie instead of an outie. Ah, I have one of those at the moment. But a belly button, not a face. <laughs> I'd say you have like a cat face. In your <laughs> no. And its corpse tumbles over the dunes and away. Uh, Reverend Hatchet, you've got most of the remaining cat wheel things just tied up in the sands. I'll continue to concentrate on my spell and keep them uh, tangled. I would like to go up to the closest of the cat wheel type things uh, and uh, stab his eyes out. What, with your thumbs? Yeah. I'm going to kind of approach it from the, the forehead end rather than the mouth end if it's lying down. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that without its, uh, without its upper face being able to see, that would be uh, quite a hindrance. So... Um, also, you haven't washed your hands in ages. You've got loads of stuff under your nails. I am filthy. I mean, Solomon Plumbago, like, you know, we yeah. had a we had a moment of like when uh, the filth wizard appeared. So mm. I mean the I mean if it survives, the, the things it'll catch. You failed to hit. And how I would interpret that is that you have short arms. And what you are trying to do is get it in the middle of five legs that are trying to push you back. And indeed, five legs that are trying to claw your fucking face off. Ah. They have missed, though, because you are apparently tougher than you look. One of its claws 
goes for what it thinks are your eyes, but instead it just claws across your skull hat. It went for the wrong set of eyes. That's where your eyes used to be. Ah, That's when you were a human. Yeah. But you're now in hand-to-hand combat with a lion covered in vines. Surely uh, it would be hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand-to-hand <laughs> combat. I mean, technically it would be hand-to-hand-to-paw-to-paw-to-paw-to-paw combat. Or if you wanted to title drop, you could say stand to sand combat. But anyway, Trim Toss Cobble, you are on top of a tree. You have a dust ball in your pocket. <laughs> um, what's happening with the tangled lions? I'm a bit confused. So uh, the creatures that are entangled are restrained, which means that it's easier to hit them uh, and it's harder for them to hit you. Mm. And they're stuck where they are. They're not incapacitated because incapacitated yeah. is like a specific thing that isn't. It's yeah. I don't okay. want to get into the fine points of Dungeons and Dragons conditions rules. Really? You don't? Um, no, I don't. I think one of the things that Fifth Edition does not very well is make the conditions easy to understand, like the mm. difference between restrained and incapacitated and stunned and paralyzed mm, petrified mm. yeah it's mm, it's not it's, oh. it's not so easy to grok okay okay so your explanation was clear i liked it okay um i am going to whisper to ms dust ah dust what dust what's ball. the dust ball dust you? ball the third give him one for me trim okay mm. Oh, so I'm going to slide down the... Have a biscuit. Oh, I am actually very hungry. I'm concerned it might dry out my mouth and I need the moisture, but I'm going to have it anyway. So I I have the biscuit fortified. I am ready. I'm going to slide down the tree. Um, You know when people, you know when people like slide down (laughs) like ladders and they like, they just go right down the ladder because they've like gripped the sides. Um, the palm tree, I suppose that's not possible, but I'm going to, like, I don't know, very You could slide down a palm tree like Batman and Robin slide down the bat poles. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of going for, just, like, a quick... Or firemen slide down poles in the fire station if you want a more normal person reference. Um, It's it's firefighter, actually, not fireman. Listen, (laughs) if I'm going to imagine a firefighter sliding down a pole, then, personally, it will be a man. That's just a weird sexual thing, and it, I, I appreciate that in the generic case, I should say firefighter. Thank you. But your preference is your preference. <laughs> as a <laughs> as a slidey uh, firefighter, I'm going to slide on down the tree. I wonder whether this gives me sneak attack advantage if I run really quickly and it didn't see me coming out of the tree. Uh, you do have sneak attack and advantage because it's tied up in vines, not because you've slid oh. down a tree. Sliding down a tree doesn't technically give you advantage on on anything. Another thing. Another thing. Looks hella cool though. It does look hella cool. cool, yes. You look <laughs> like a total boss. And right. a lot of the crowd who are mostly panicking and running around ineffectually are very impressed. Uh, right. You uh, strike plain and true when you hit the thing and you do... Da 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 da. Don't know why I shouted that. Sorry if that was really loud. <laughs> you shout away. You shout. Have fun. Shout. Treat yourself right. Be in tune as well. 
it's my thinking song at the moment. Oh. Um, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, with a mighty stab, you sink your short sword deep into the mouth of one of the cat things and you think briefly for a moment that if it starts trying to roll away you'll just be carried with it like a weird stabbing axle uh it's not dead though it's only taken 18 damage Um, uh it is the turn of the various roving maulers who are going to try and make strength checks to escape lions are famously quite strong they are, they've got strength 17. Ooh, all of them are able to burst free. Burst free. Burst free. <laughs> oh, From to the top of the nearest dune where they open their eyes and give Reverend Hatchett a dirty look as they turn. And you know, Reverend Hatchett, they're all going to be going for you next turn. However, next up is Jeffrey Banjo. There's four of these things left. Hand. How many are left? Four. Amazing. Cool. Well, I saw one of them out. Um, so seeing seeing this oasis situation, seeing the lions coming on, and uh, John the octopus looks like he's he's sort of sorted and finished, right? Is he still splashing around? Uh, yeah, he's still splashing around. Uh, he doesn't seem to be convinced that he's covered in ants anymore. Cool. Is there anything else or? Oh yeah, there is. Uh, the the okay. random selector thing I've got takes a minute to go through. Um, uh, you don't know how you know this, but at a glance you can tell that the latest madness inflicted on poor John the Octopus by the waters of the Oasis of Madness is that he is convinced that he isn't a virgin, despite all evidence to the contrary. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's weird, John. That's, that's just odd, mate. That is weird. You know. It all, it, yeah, it's it's a bit weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, what uh, what are you doing, uh, Jeffrey? These things are about sixty foot away from you at the top of the sand dune. <clears throat> um, okie doke. Sixty feet. Oh, big with hands ranges. Sixty feet. Well, it's one hundred twenty foot, but you can move the hand sixty foot as a yeah. Cool. So what I want to do with uh, big with hand is have it go over grab one of the lions again and chuck it into this oasis and as like it's being chucked into the oasis i'm gonna uh i'm gonna say hey i'm gonna make you into sea lion just roll with it because it's a rolling lion and it's an oasis yep roll with it <laughs> i'm i'm imagining it's like an one oasis of Bending machines, like the hand comes down and picks it up, and it, you know, it's like, oh, am I going to win that prize? Yeah, I love it like a. Discus. I'm afraid, Jeffrey, this lion's having none of it. What? Your clenching hand tries to grab it, but it leaps into the air, and each one of its five legs grapples with one of the five digits of your interposing hand, and it manages to wrestle your gigantic hand off. Damn. You don't succeed on your grapple check and you can't throw it in the water. Oh, it's just going to hover there being like, can't get mad, not touching. <laughs> Cute. Uh, <laughs> Reverend Hatchet, you reckon you've got one chance to do something before four angry roving maulers roll down the hill and batter you. Are they, are they in motion yet or are they static? They are, are indeed beginning to pick up momentum as they roll down towards you. In that case, um, I'm going to use my 
hidden paths, which I've thus far never used. It's hidden. Um, uh, and as a boat, right. you have the secret ability granted to you by the mysterious fairies of the court of Fiance to, to kind of teleport a bit. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of wait. I'm gonna lock eyes with the lines and wait for a bit as they kind of. And then just teleport just behind them, so just a little bit further up the hill, and then and then turn around. He will not that <laughs> As they're rolling where I would have been. Two of the roving maulers are so shocked by your sudden disappearance and reappearance behind them that they're not able to stop in time, and they careen across the surface of the oasis of madness and with splashes find themselves landing in the water. They're momentarily overcome by the madness and... Uh, one of them becomes afraid of regular polyhedrons and the other one uh, has the uncontrollable urge to stuff mystical animals into tiny balls <laughs> is there anything they can do are they like currently affected by those things those don't feel like immediate dangers i mean it's they've 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 missed their turn because of uh reverend dodging them so Neatly. However, right. two of them aren't so easily fooled and they pull like a sick handbrake turn as much as one wheel can pull a handbrake turn and they kind of go and they cross back around and they come back around and zoom straight at your face, Reverend Hatchet. Ooh, only one of them gets you, but it gets you good. Another 20 damage as another lion thing rolls up and across your face. You're on 44 Ooh. now, Rev. Ooh. I make it forty-six. Oh, you're at half health, which is not. Re- it's, I mean, they're not actually that threatening. Like only one of you's been hurt. Two of them are in the water, and John the octopus is starting to punch them a bit. He's in his element. The lions very much are not in their element. It's really. It's the fight is broadly speaking more or less over. Trim. Uh, there's two of these roving maulers left. One of them is the one that you stabbed earlier in the mouth. Um, are they quite close? Where, how far away are they? Uh, they're, pre- they're plenty close, yes, because uh, the one that you stabbed was right up next to you and Reverend Hatchet before, and now it's zipped away and come back and toward so his face. Close, so close enough for like a melee situation? Yeah, yeah, close. Yeah, you yeah. can run up to him and, and, and melee. And do melee. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go thunderclap. Uh, oh, wait, hang on. Who else is near me? Are people, is anyone else nearby? Dusty. Yeah, oh, no. that's yeah, Ms. Isn't she, Ms. Dustball. Isn't, isn't she up a tree? No, no she's, she's in Trim's pocket. Like I'm not going to thunderclap. Um, pocket, that should be all right. Yeah. It doesn't like all of your equipment doesn't go out like that. It, it says um, all creatures t- within range have to t- take. Tell it. her to put biscuits in her ears. That could help. In her what? <laughs> in her ears. Oh my! I thought you said anus. <laughs> Just, uh, Back on the orifices <laughs> thing again. <laughs> just in the I mean, meantime, there's a... to make sure to you know do all of them. Just I mean, have a good time if you're going to die. I mean, <laughs> there's enough. There's biscuit. a gem of a line in the Twitch chat. Uh, Scott Moonshine says, "So John versus the Mauler is tentacle to 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 poor to poor to poor to poor to poor combat." And that's... I think that's beautiful. 
I think we should name a character after him for that. <laughs> that sounds like a poem. That's beautiful. It kind of is. It, it, yeah, it's, mm. it's kind of, yeah. Mm. So I what are we actually doing, Trim? Um, I was considering Thunderclap, but um, I don't want to sacrifice uh, Ms. Ms. Mm. Dust Lady. Uh, so I'm going to go with Eldritch Blast as well. Uh, okay, Eldritch. Eldritch Blast towards uh, the line that's on the way. And as I do it, as I do it, as I do it, I'm going to be like, um, you've attacked my friends, but this is the line in the sand. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> and I'm going to attack. <laughs> nice. Oh, oh. <clears throat> uh, so three beams of fiery, crackling eldritch energy shoot out from your outstretched hands. Two of them hit. You do. Oh, 17 damage. That is one dead roving mauler. There's only one of them left, and it looks pretty. It stops for a moment and stands still, and it opens its eyes, and it looks round. It can look round pretty quick, efficiently, because it has eyes on both sides, so it's, it only needs to do, mm. like, a half turn to see literally everything around it. It would be a good uh, teacher. And, huh? It would be a good teacher. It could face the whiteboard and still see the student. Mm. I mean, it would be a good teacher in the sense that it has literal eyes in the back of its heads, but I think it would be yeah. a bad teacher in the sense that who wants it to kill everything? Can't speak any languages. Oh. And it has an int mm. of two, so it isn't really capable of comprehending the idea of passing on knowledge or information. Concept. Well, I suppose yeah. when they have baby uh, roving maulers, little roving maulingis, as they're known, I'm sure. Um, do they they teach them things? Don't they like cubs? Little tiny cub. I mean, I think they learn. I think that the, they learn by 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 seeing their parents do. I don't think there's any kind of like formal yeah. teaching. Mm. I no, think I think the good. pedagogy of five-legged, two-headed, weird lion wheel things mm. is extremely limited. I don't think they've got much going. Okay, well there we go. No, okay, that that's that's all right. That's okay. Now that you've mentioned baby roving maulers, I've immediately started to wonder how the fuck these things breed. There's been no mention. What was that, Stu? Did you say heavily? Carefully. Ke I thought you said heavily. No. <laughs> Heavy petting. They might pollinate. They might pollinate. So do we think that they have like um, one set of genitals? They probably like do when they're lying down. I think one of the arms is not actually an arm. <laughs> and Secret. one of the mouths. Oh, like the octopuses. <laughs> and then uh, one of the mouths wait. is not actually a mouth. <laughs> what was that about octopuses? Are you Don't ruin this for me. Are you kidding? Uh, well, yeah, I'd some I I don't know if it's all octopuses, but certainly some species of octopuses. I think one of they use one of their tentacles as a, a penis. Oh my goodness! Your mind's I, just been blown. <laughs> I have not inquired, uh, John the octopus. I've not asked. Um, the have immediately just... taken that poetry to a new level. It's porta 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 dong to poor combat. Oh, <laughs> Uh, Bags, Bagsy. This, mm -hmm. uh, there's one of them left, and it looked about. It looks as though it's going to flee as fast as its four legs and at least one penis will carry it. Um, how close? Am I close to it? Am I? Uh, you're uh, you're about sixty foot away. You were on the other side of the melee from uh, the ones that Reverend Hatchet managed to tie down. I mean, 
I could say you better roll because it looks like it's going to run anyway. Um, you you could do you could do that. And uh, pleasure saw mine is kind of like uh, leaning up against the tree nearby in a sort of saucy way. Yeah, I realise yeah. I've said saucy twice. Uh, it's just I don't have a lot of sexy adjectives. That's all right. Emphasize yeah. it. Saucy works. Um, I, I, yeah, I just say you better roll, um, and I pick up a rock and throw it in that direction, and then I, I go off to seek pleasure, to seek rock pleasure. Uh, you throw the rock, and it doesn't hit the roving mauler oh. as it rolls up and over the dunes, away in the direction that it came from. Oh. A moment's calm descends upon the oasis of madness. Emerging from behind sand dunes, underneath rocks, out of the water itself, come the remaining members of the 24 audience-created characters. They're looking at you with a mixture of gratitude, or, and in some cases, slightly, slight jealousy, to be honest. Uh, I think they have, like on some level, on awareness that they're not as important to the plot as you. Mm, Hard to uh, deal with that. Yeah. I'm I'm going to, um, I I can sense this, and and, uh, Trim's ego is like enormous, so she's going to ride that wave and just grab her short sword and uh, stab the nearest head of a a dead lion and just be like, don't you worry, guys, the lion sleeps tonight. And just going to aim for a bit bit of respect there. Pleasure saunters over and says, oh, if you ever consider like training in how to be a bard, I could teach you if you need like somebody who knows how to do bard stuff. And it gives you a wink that you could only describe as slightly saucy. Is that to, is that to trim? That is to trim. Oh, I was walking over to her, so she's walked o- away from me. Oh. <laughs> well, no, you, you, walked, you walked over in Trim's direction oh, together. Why not? If you want, you can be doing that weird coupley thing where you've got each other's hands in each that, other's back pockets. That's so weird. I was literally just thinking that's what I would be doing. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm grabbing her ass. And so, with a crowd of prophesied followers surrounding you, your path is clear. And indeed, as the dust cloud from their departure dies down in the direction that the roving mauler fled, you can see the tomb of forgotten horrors, a gigantic black pyramid. John the Octopus in the Oasis of Madness has also developed a fear of polyhedral shapes, has a terrified look on his face. Which we all know is clear to see because octopuses have faces. Which is clear, yes, I have, I have now come down on the side of octopuses have faces because it's, yeah. it's easier then to uh, humanise them and portray them as having an, a, a deep and rich emotional life, which I think John the Octopus does, does have. Mm. He's, John the Octopus is a person as much as he is an octopus. He's done a lot for us today. He's done very MVP. well. MVP. What, a, what a good boy. Exactly. He's felt at least two emotions today: mm. discomfort and and vengeance, if that's an emotion. But hopefully not anger. I'd no. hate for him to look back on that oasis in anger. Oh. 
Oh, Jeffrey. Um, Can I read the final oh, thing you say as we start walking towards the tomb? Oh, Incredibly disappointing note. You <laughs> and your followers set out across the desert towards the tomb of forgotten horrors. What terrible forgotten horrors await within? Who is the mysterious dark master who seems to be controlling fate itself to strike out against our heroes? Why are all of the monsters they faced wildly inappropriate for the level that they've reached over the course of 12 <laughs> adventures? These things are challenge rating three. They weren't a challenge by any stretch. What's going on? We all, all had fun, though. More may be <laughs> answered, but probably not, in the next episode of Tales of Adventure! Yay! If you have enjoyed the show, why not draw a scene from it and send it to us on Twitter and you could win tickets to the next live show that you can attend after all of the pandemic stuff has died down. And you could also be featured in our halftime slideshows. And if you really want, we'll make a character with your name in the show. If you've enjoyed it that much, please consider donating to help keep the theatre running and to give us some pay because we're all starving artists of one stripe or another. Um, you could follow us on Twitter, it's tales underscore adventure or you could follow the cast members. We also have a Facebook and yeah, we, we really enjoy seeing your pictures so yeah. Thank you all very much and good night. Good night. You've been listening to the Tales of Adventure podcast. The Dungeon Master was played by Steve Clements. Bagsy Badley by Alice Taylor Matthews. Reverend Hatchet by Tom Bridges. Trim Tosscobble by Cat Murphy. And Jeffrey Banjo by Steve Brown. Follow us on Twitter at at Tales underscore Adventure. On Facebook at Official TOA Show. And join us in the audience with tickets from improvtheatre.co.uk. See you next time for some more Tales of Adventure!